Turkish people, so I understand their culture. I embrace the culture when I went over there. I can speak a little bit of Turkish. Still. And he didn't care. 
And that's what I love about it. We come over and just didn't get. To me, I'm looking at him like that's Carlos Tevez. That's Carlos Tevez. And people like me, that kind of, that's, that's Carlos Tevez. But he just didn't care. He was like he was just one of us. He was like he was off the block. Yeah. And, and that's what I loved about him. And to be fair, he used to say that. So we had him and Mastroano. And he used, to, he used to say to him, we have a translator over here, but we've got to speak from English. Um, he used to say to us, like, yeah, I'm from the, the ghetto. Uh, Mastroano, he grew up. In the fields, <laughs> you know. So he was, like, he was basically telling us, "Don't fuck with me, but you can fuck with me." <laughs> but he was cool. But yeah, he was a fantastic player. No, you know what? I actually got a question. Obviously, I'm lucky, but I'm the only kid. Obviously, same area. Sure. Shout out, Morris. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> we 
late in Orient away in a, in a reserve, no, in a pre-season game with the first team. And I swear that I was playing right back. I'm not a right back then, but I was playing right back at the time without my way into the first team. Was to not play, was to play right back into the centre back. And Jamal Campbell Rice, I swear down, he ripped me up. <laughs> he had me question myself, like, is, is this for me? Like, I swear down, is this for me? He had me question myself. He ripped me up. And I could hear the West Ham fan saying, Ferdinand, this ain't a fucking Ferdinand. <laughs> I, I, I could hear it, I could hear it, this ain't a fucking Ferdinand. And I'm telling you, I was in the dressing room afterwards, like, contemplating playing, is, is, is this for me? Like, do I really want to be a footballer? You know? And, um, but I got over that hurdle, you know? And like I said, I got back home, I had a talk with my parents and my brother. And one thing we got taught was work ethic in our family. And you're going to go through times where things are going to be hard. But if you work hard in them times, you always come to the forefront. And I always got told you, cream always rises to the top. And I knew I was a good player. You know, and I was learning my trade at the time. And I knew I had to go through these things to become a better player. And like I said, I knew I had to work even harder. I mean, I wasn't the best. I wasn't the best in my age group. I was by far the best in my age group. Morris will tell you he was. I played with Morris at West Ham for what five five years. I wasn't the best. No chance was I the best in in my team. But I worked on my game. I was called busy. I was called busy because I would, we would train. And then after training, I'd go and work on my left foot or work on headers or whatever, and people would call me busy. I look at him busy master. <laughs> but I had, I had a vision and I, I had a goal. What was that? What was my goal? Uh, why? Work ethic. Why? Because I wanted to. I wanted was one. It That's what it was. Yeah, thank you for having me. Mentality. <laughs> He's only saying that because it, when, I, um, when we have team huddles, I mention the word mentality a lot because for me, in, in football, your mentality is one of the biggest things you can have. If your mentality is right, then, then you know, like in terms of going out on, on the pitch, the mentality of you're going to win this game or I'm the best on the pitch, that's a mentality. That is a mentality. If you've got that mentality, you will do well because you, you thought about it and, and that's what you think, my mentality is right and I'm going to be the best and I'm going to, and I'm going to win this game. You know, but, um, what was I saying? <laughs> <laughs> so, so what, you, you might need some more comments. When you were something like that, you might be working, right? Yeah, working will be. So how is that as manager? Because you kind of see him as a player, very outspoken, like just a bit. Well, we see him as a madman, isn't it? As in, like, don't give a fuck, kind of thing. That was kind of thing. <laughs> so, did you, so, was there any moments in training where, like, he just went off on someone, or he done that mad thing that you were like, wrong? Is this for the right? Yeah, I can say, I can say. You know what? When um, I signed for him, he gave me the skill, and he, and to be fair, I signed because of him. That's, no word of a lot of time because of them. Roy Keane wants to buy me. That's Roy Keane wants to buy me. Like, what? 
That was it. I went and seen where he's asked. He had a bit of banter about him, which I didn't expect him to have. Because I only saw what everyone else saw on the pitch was he was a madman. He what was. What about the video? What, what about the striker? Who was the striker who plays for Hibernian now? Stokes. Andy Stokes. He was on fire the year that Sunderland came up to the Premier League. And um, he. Uh, he was apparently living poor, living wrong, eating pizza every night and, and was out quite a bit. And a fan emailed the club saying, I'm not happy with, with uh, Andy Stokes because he's not living right, he's, he's taking liberties. Duh, 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 duh. So I think Roy King got the, the fan's email just for his number and, and contacted this fan and said, um, is Andy Stokes doing well for the squad? Is he doing well for your team? He went, yeah, he went, well, I'm fucking... <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> and he had that side of him, but for me, the fact that Roy Keane wanted to buy me was a massive pull. You know, at the time he, he said to me, he said, outside of the, the elite who pay for England, he said, who's better than you? And I said, well, that's a good question. I said, well, there's Richard Dunn, who was very, very good at that time. Jeremy Lescott. I said, these type of players probably, he said, well, there's no reason why you can't be better than them. And that was, once he said that to me, he said, he said I'm going to make you better than them. And once he said that to me, I was sold. I was going to the Sunderland for £8 million. I was like, yeah, that's me. And then all of a sudden, after three months, he fucked off. <laughs> Never the case, and um, 
it was it was more for that. I wasn't thinking about myself, I was thinking about my family, you know, because they have to go through it with me, you know, and, and they played a big part in, in the reasons why um, I'm sitting here today and I'm still fine mentally and I'm still fine and, and I'm still playing football. They had to go through, through it with me and it's thanks to them and my friends and my family why I'm, I'm able to, to be mentally strong, to be able to deal with it, but to still be playing football for time when you're it. Did it piss you off as well that um, you felt that the FA were moving a little bit? Because to the outside world it looked like the evidence was kind of there. But because Terry was who he was, this, 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 he this is the problem, kind of there. It was there for everyone to see. Oh. Everyone saw everyone saw it. But everyone seemed to say it, it was kind of there. Uh, everyone no, we, the reason I said kind of there is because I can't remember the situation probably because it was years ago, but I remember People the time. It was there. No, it was You're the first people that come back into a Terry, I'm even back into a Terry. I'm not a cousin.
man, you know. Yeah. Um, and I understood why you went to court, you know. Um, because when you're summoned to go to court, you have to go. You know, but I've got these on edge of your seats here. Can I but the rest of this matter, you might have to wait for my book because <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm, I'm talking about being one in the moment and I don't want to give away too much now because there's no point me doing the book if I'm going to talk about it now, you know? Um, but there is um, definitely things that happened along the way of that, was it 10 months that it went on for? There's definitely things that went along that way that, yes, there's things I would have done differently if it happened to me again. But the main thing was, as a family, I'll say this, as a family, as a black family, everyone expected me and us as a family to, to have the so-called chip on our shoulder, to come out and be boisterous and say, duh, 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 this, that, duh, 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 duh. But it was more about trying to educate the younger generation to say, do you know what, there's another way we can deal with this. We don't have to be boisterous, we don't have to be aggressive. We can deal with it being humble and not being what people expect us to be. And that's the way we look. There's some things I'm telling you now, there's some things I would have changed in the way I dealt with it, 100%. But to give that message out to the younger generation to show that we can rise above these things and it's not going to hold us back. And, and, and that's what the message was from the Just a quick one. You can just yes or no it or just give it a very vague answer if you want. But it's something that I've spoke about like with a lot of people in WhatsApp groups and, and what have you. Like obviously you spoke about the effects you felt it's having yourself, um, family and that. Would you say that that moment, that situation had an effect on your brother's England career? Hmm. You can yes or no it and then do the rest of the book if you want. You I don't know. know. It did. How it did, I do not know, because he was the best. So how it did, I do not know. You know what it was? If he had to play with John Terry, he would have played with him. Because he's a professional. He's, he's, he's a professional, so he would have played with him. But he never got asked a question. Of course. You know what? <laughs> it happens it happens at Don League. This one's for the book. That one's for the book. <laughs> because that one's for the book.
juicy little players that come through. How good is that actually coming through the academy? And as it as coming through as a footballer, now you've gone lower down, has it changed your mindset and obviously how you play and how other teams want, want you to play as a footballer? Um, I would say it's changed a little bit now, the, the academy of West Ham, but all the time Tony Carr was the head of the um, academy at West Ham, I would have said to any young player, go and play for West Ham, because if you was good enough, your age didn't matter, you was given a chance, there was a pathway to the first team, you know, and the fans want to see young talent come through that club. But that's what we, that's what the club was about. There was always that light at the end of the tunnel to say, if you're good enough, you're old enough. And it was all and it was always it was always put into you, you know. Um, but there was a a certain type of mindset that you needed to become a footballer. Like I said, I wasn't the best player in my in my team, but. I had a different mindset to a lot of the other players in terms of I'm wanting to work hard and have a goal. Maybe having Rio as my brother helped me because I saw what he had and what he had achieved, but I wanted it for myself. I didn't want to sit down. I wasn't allowed to sit down and, and live off of him. I had to go and earn my own money. I had to go and have my own work ethic. And I think seeing him achieve and I always say this, I saw him, I saw my mum's face when he bought her a house and her face stayed with me and I, I wanted to be able to see that face because of something that I'd done for her, you know, and that was a big, big, a big drive within my, my mind and my, you say, but my soul, it was in my soul that I wanted to see my mum look at me the same way she looked at Rio. When, when, when she came to the house, I was lucky enough to see that face, you know, and then, um, it's fantastic, you know, I ended up buying the car, my, my brother bought the house, I bought the car, you know, and um, <laughs> I, I, um, I, I bought a Range Rover for myself, and and I got her a Range Rover and I saw that face and that was the start of me. Probably the re one of the reasons why I never became the player that I should have became because I started to relax at that moment. I relaxed at that moment because it was a sense of I had achieved something that I always wanted, that I wanted to achieve. So I kind of relaxed and that's probably the start of the reason why I never became the player that I, I never fulfilled my potential that I had because I should have played for England. I know that for a fact. I should have played for England. When I see players that play for England now and that I played for England, they were those players that played for England. I should have played for England. I know I should have. Okay, uh, we've got one last question and we've got a wrap up. Um, we've got a wrap up. One last question. It's a question about someone that was on the panel today now, your ex-teammate. Um, I know now on a personal level, but I just want to know what are your thoughts towards him? Because for me, as a football player, he's a baller, but 
Jesus. Are, are you one of the reasons why you're not going to do that? I don't know what we do. I don't know if this is his last chance. I hope not. I hope not. But he was at the highest, Newcastle. Like, I would promise him. Listen, I'll tell you the truth about now, yeah? Now we're here, everyone. He's not here, but I'll tell you the truth. I'll tell him, I've told him this to his face anyway, because I can talk about it. Um, I could compare myself to now because we grew up the same way. I grew up in a council estate, you grew up in a council estate. But my friends are different to his friends. My friends are the re- one of the reasons why I became a footballer. Because when my friends were doing nonsense, they were saying to Anton, take your ass home, you've got a game tomorrow. Whereas his friends were saying to him, come on now, let's go right, let's do this, let's do that. But what they don't see is that, see, my friends have been places with me that some of them might not have thought they'd never go. But because they're my and I know, that's one thing I know because of my friends, and some of them are here today, right, they know that they played a part in me becoming a professional footballer. And they know that I know that. You know? And that's the biggest thing with, with, with me and Noel. We grew up the same way, but my friends stopped me from doing things that his friends didn't. And I had loving parents. I'm not saying his parents were loving, but I had parents who, who echoed or I say my friends echoed what my, my, my parents said, you know, and that, that's a big thing. And to say last chance, for me personally, I, I, I look at it, I grew up in a council estate where if you get caught once or you get caught doing something, you don't do it again. Yeah, now I've got this demeanor of being a bad boy. But how can you be a bad boy if you think you've got nine lives? If you think you're a cat and you've got nine lives? It's impossible. Once you get caught once, a man who's been on the street properly knows if he's been caught once, he ain't doing it. But he got caught doing stupidness and continued to do it again and again and again. And that's been his downfall. You know, and because he's got away with it, he continues to do it. And he will, he will for me, be the biggest disappointment because he's got absolutely everything. He's got everything. As a footballer, he's got everything. But what he has got, the gift of the tongue. Because he could, he can wrap you up and make you feel sorry for him, make you think, right, he's on it. He's going to do this and he's going to do that. But that's about it. He will say this, that and whatever, but that will be it. And he will, and he will, and he will come and do what you want to do. Oh, he's, he's the question is, he said he's got everything, so people are saying, how good is he? Because we don't, I've seen him with Newcastle a few times. He should have, he should have been, he should be playing the Premier League now. He should be playing the Premier League now. But if you're not going to listen to someone like Alan Shearer, real firm man, who are you going to listen to? Because these people have spoken to him. And if you're not going to listen to them, he's not listen to me, he's not going to listen to you. And that's his downfall. The best now we had was when he had to work. For his money. But yeah, Anton, it's been an absolute pleasure. Before we go, yeah, I just want to say thank you to everyone that, that's come out. It's the first
one and the, like, the turnout is, is, is excellent. So guys, I just want to say thank you because without you lot, this show would have been nothing. So um, yeah, I just want to keep saying thank you. God bless you all. And um, keep looking for the podcast which come out every two weeks. They should be coming out every week soon. But yeah, that's, that's very soon. And there's more to come. Thank you to the guests. Thank you to, to Tim at the back. Thank you to um, the Beast. Thank you to uh, Zach for coming out. Anton, now. Um, thank you to all of you lot. So that, that's it. Thanks.